Welcome to Dr. Warwick's podcast channel. Warwick is a practicing cardiologist and author with a passion for improving care by helping patients understand their heart health through education. Warwick believes educated patients get the best health care. Discover and understand the latest approaches and technology in heart care and how this might apply to you or someone you love. Hi there, hearties. It's Angela here from Healthy Hearties. I am here again with Dr. Warwick Bishop. He is a cardiologist from Australia. And we have spent the last few weeks talking through some of your your questions. So thank you for joining us again, Warwick. It's a pleasure, Angela. And I hope it looks beautiful behind you there. You've got the sun setting. So thank you for giving up your evening on a Sunday. Look, uh, it's, uh, it's about six o'clock at night or not far off. And um, it is, it's a, been a beautiful day here. So, uh, but it's a pleasure to join you. And I'm so excited that your hearties really want more knowledge and that they're asking questions and wanting to learn more. Cause I think that's so valuable in, yeah. the, in the journey of um, good health uh, around your best care. So that's no, a pleasure. To be Absolutely. With you. Now, I do have a challenging question for you today, one that I think a lot of hearties have probably tried to have with their own cardiologist or GP. Um, So it would be absolutely fantastic to get your um, side of things and, and, you know, spend a few minutes around this topic because it comes up a lot. Um, So the question today is, I've had three stents. Is it really necessary for me to take statins? I'm not feeling much better after the stents and I feel lethargic and just generally yucky. And I'm wondering if it's the statins and whether I can stop them basically. Well, um, Angela, this is what I get uh, day in, day out. (laughs) And um, it's an incredibly important topic. So uh, whoever asked that question, thank you for raising it because you are not alone. So many people ask. First of all, uh, to deal with uh, this particular uh, individual, if you're not feeling well after three stents, then something's not right. Uh, You really need to go back and get checked by your cardiologist because there might be a a problem with one of the stents. There might be another narrowing somewhere. There might be a component of heart failure. There might be asthma uh, who knows but it doesn't say right i i just first of all if you've had three stents you should be feeling better and if you're not i think you should be asking questions about it in regard to statins well this is a great story and i'll, I'll give you a bit of an overview uh, the sh- very short answer to this question is yes you should be on the statins but let me uh, fill that out because I think it's really important that people get this message clearly. Now, it turns out I have people come into my office uh, who maybe have raised cholesterol and been sent by their GP for advice on whether they should be on uh, cholesterol-lowering medication. They've, these individuals have done research on the net, on Google, and, of course, they've found people who... Uh, have a negative view about statins and a negative view about the cholesterol or uh, LDL hypothesis. Now, so some of these people come with preconceived ideas, which is amazing, actually. Um, 
So let's deconstruct that first. The information that's put on the website, some of it sounds reasonable and sounds balanced and sounds um, biologically plausible. And we could, uh, we could think about the anti-vax movement uh, with similar information uh, against the use of vaccines, uh, except Samoa really proved that vaccines actually are beneficial. There may be side effects, but for a population base, the Samoans lost uh, children, people with measles for lack of vaccinations. So, and that's because the whole story wasn't told. And the same mm. is true with statins. The whole story is not told. So the story that's told about statins and cholesterol on the internet is high cholesterol doesn't necessarily mean you'll have a heart attack and therefore we shouldn't treat it. Now, truth is, Angela, I actually agree with that. There, as a predictor for heart attack, cholesterol is not very precise because I see patients who have raised cholesterol, but nothing in their arteries or raised cholesterol and terrible arteries. But I also see people with really average or average to low cholesterols with terrible arteries or normal arteries. So look, I'm the first to admit and agree that cholesterol of its own to predict who's going to have a problem is not that reliable. Mm -hmm. but, the, but the flip side of the story that's not told by these people who are often uh, anti-cholesterol and anti-statin is that over the last 25 years, we have compelling, undeniable, robust scientific evidence that tells us over and over and over and over again that if we take individuals who have had a stroke or a heart attack or a bypass or a stent, these people who are truly high risk and we lower their cholesterol, whether we lower it from a high starting point or from a low starting point, we reduce future risk of events in those individuals and we can lower that cholesterol and get incremental benefit the lower we go. Mm -hmm. So it's incredibly important to get the distinction between trying to use cholesterol as the guide to who we treat with statins. So I don't think that makes sense. And you know, because I'm interested in imaging the heart and trying to be more precise about who we give therapy to, but that's a very different conversation to the conversation about if we find someone actually has a problem, there's no question we should be trying to lower their cholesterol. And it actually doesn't matter what we do it with. Well, we, you look so like if, if I was just going to follow on with, is there um, anything she could be doing to feel a bit better? Obviously, going back and saying, I'm not feeling great, maybe something's not right, having another barrage of tests. Um, but say we say, right, we're stuck with these medications. Maybe they make you feel a little bit tired or whatever it might be that is the side effect. Is there anything we could be doing to improve that side effect of, well, we're sitting with loads of tablets in our tummy, that alone is going to have some, you know, effect on the body. Absolutely. So, you know, things like coenzyme Q10, do you recommend anything like that or um, so exercise or more water or anything like that? So let me step back from that um, a little bit further and then come back and address that. The, 
the critical bit then becomes trying to be sure if the side effect is related to the statin. True. That becomes Which is difficult when you can't stop taking any of them. Correct. So the, so the issue becomes one around side effect with statin. And now we've done some interesting research in this, and this is really important for patients to get their head around. There was a study done uh, only in the last couple of years uh, under the banner of the Odyssey trial. You can look it up. The, the study took people who swore blind they couldn't tolerate statins. They were so sure they couldn't tolerate statins that their specialists enrolled them in this trial. And this trial was to um, try one of these new agents that obviously might be useful for people who couldn't tolerate statins. So they thought they'd get this cohort of people who couldn't tolerate statins, prove they couldn't tolerate statins, then give them this other agent. All great uh, methodical, sensible science. But they took these uh, people with statins, I think it was about 4,000 odd people, and they crossed them over blindly. And they actually gave them either a sugar pill or statin. Now, would you like to have a guess how many of those individuals were taking a statin without any problem whatsoever by the end of the six month period? All of them. 75%, mm. 75%, so not all of them. And that the learning from that study is incredibly important mm. because it means that 75% of those individuals who swore they couldn't take this tablet actually weren't having a side effect from it and were denying themselves a therapy that could truly have helped them. Mm. It also means that 25% of people truly do have side effects from statins. So the, the mm -hmm. answer to your question is, number one, make sure, make really, really, really sure it's the statin before you blame it. And then the answer to that question is, once you know it's the statin, now we can do all sorts of bits and pieces. I think coenzyme Q10 is reasonable. There's a little bit of work that would suggest it may be beneficial. I often change the statin. So if someone's on, mm -hmm. say, uh, a torvastatin, which is lipophilic it is uh, it dissolves in fat i often swap people over to rosuvastatin which is lipophilic yeah, same here. Mm -hmm. it doesn't uh, dissolve into fat and or vice versa and often i find that that can make a difference i've got one patient who if he takes the um proprietary uh brand of rosuvastatin called crestor he gets mm -hmm. eight pains but if he takes the generic he's absolutely fine interesting must be one of the fillers or something yeah one, yeah one of the compounding agents which is just fascinating mm. so i think the answer is we've got to be absolutely sure it's the stand and then we can try a couple of maneuvers now the other conversation i have with people is you've got to understand that this is not an allergy this is an intolerance, and it's really important mm. to understand intolerance is related to dose. So um, a good example of dose response is we have a glass of wine, barely notice a difference, tiny bit relaxed, enjoy the flavour. We have 10 glasses of wine, we're intoxicated. So that's a dose-related response. Well, we can mm -hmm. do the same with statins. What, what we can say is, look, if this dose of statin is giving you a problem, then obviously if we gave you 10 times as much, you'd have a worse problem. But if we just asked you to lick the tablet once a fortnight, put it back in the medicine chest, you wouldn't get a side effect from that, would you? 
Of course not, because it's a dose-related thing. And so what I often do with patients is say, well, let's work on the dose that works for you. And it might be we halve the dose. It might be that we keep the same dose and do it alternate days. We might do it three days out of the week or two days out of the week. So there's a lot of mixing and trying to find a solution that works for that individual. And, and I've got some patients who are only taking like half a Crestor twice a week, but we've got them on a Zetamibe as well, which is a complementary cholesterol-lowering agent, and we're getting some good effect from that. Mm. Well, it sounds like you get this a lot. So thank you very much for going through that. And I guess the key thing is become a detective and, and find out what's going on um, it, because it may not be the statin, it may be the statin, but you have to really look a bit deeper into that. Um, and then maybe not just jump ship and, and try a few things and, and talk with your doctor about it. Um, but that's really interesting. And I'm sure you'll have a podcast about statin somewhere along the line. So can you tell us a little bit more about um, your podcast and, and your website and, and whether there are any more bits and pieces about statins on there? Look, I, I would love to. I do, in fact, have a podcast on that very topic. Um, in fact, I've got a number. Um, I've got uh, somewhere around 150 podcasts these days. And they've oh, been, wow. Yeah, been really well received. If anyone does want to access them, then um, go to this app called Healthy Heart Network app. It's got a little heart with an ECG oh. on it. Um, it's free and um, it's loading up there, you can see. But you can access those podcasts uh, very easily on your phone and just listen um, in your car or while you're doing your exercise, walking. Um, so a very... Oh, brilliant. Uh, it's brilliant. You have your own app. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, it's really functional. It's a very easy way to access those podcasts. You can see there's lots and lots there. Oh, wow. Brilliant. Um, and as I said to you before, Angela, I'm really happy and delighted to actually extend the free Healthy Heart Network membership to your Hardy's members. And um, I think you're able to put a link below for them so they can go and check it out. Um, yes. Includes all these podcasts, but do get the app because it's really, I think it's really handy. I occasionally just go and refresh my, refresh my own memory on some of the things I've covered. Um, yeah, brilliant. And it's a great way of people learning is just listening to a podcast. Everyone learns differently, so they might rather read some of the articles. Um, so absolutely brilliant that you've done that. And thank you for you know, putting in the effort to, to look at things like prevention and lifestyle and side effects, because I know the frustration with patients is they feel a little bit dismissed um, and the miss and not understood enough. So thank you for, you know, taking the time to, to do things like this. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. And um, thank you for having me and allowing me. Yeah. To well, have a fabulous evening. Looks beautiful there. And um, we'll speak again soon. Thank you. Take care. Goodbye. Bye. You have been listening to another podcast from Dr. Warwick. Visit his website at drwarwickbishop.com for the latest news on heart disease. If you love this podcast, feel free to leave us a review.